Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. If not, if you're an old listener, welcome back. I have a treat for you this week. It's a throwback episode from over a year ago. It was never released. It was actually probably the first or second episode I ever recorded. And I never released it because I was being too hard on myself and I wasn't confident in the episode. But I went back and re-listened to it and it's a very good episode, so I'm going to drop it. Now look, one might say that the reason I'm dropping a throwback is because I had too much fun this weekend and didn't have time to edit a new podcast. Well, that would make you a negative person. I like to think that the reason I'm throwing a throwback at you is because I want you to know that anything you start out doing, you're going to be bad at, so keep doing it. So I want y'all to listen to this old episode, which I don't like the way I interviewed, and I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, I could do so much better, but I want you to see my starting point. That's what a positive person would say. I did have fun this weekend, though. I ended up going to a Habitat for Humanity charity auction with my boss. And uh, it taught me that I sometimes think that there is a higher power out there, right? Because I did not know the price point for any of these items that were being auctioned off. So they were auctioning off being able to name a burger after you at Al's Burgers. It's a popular burger spot in where I'm at. And uh, I was like, hell yeah. So I started to stand up and the bidding price started out at $1,000. And the auctioneer did not see me. He saw the dude like two seats over of from me first. And I like immediately sat down. Like I sat down so hard I broke the chair that I was in, just like the bottom part of it. But like, what if he, the auctioneer would have saw me first? A thousand dollars? If I ever start going back to church, that's going to be my testimony. Jesus saved me a G, so now I believe he died for my sins. Guys, we got a good episode for you today. It is by my friend James Taylor. It's a year old. Check it out. Remember, if you start out at something, you're probably going to suck at it. Keep going. Keep doing it. Check out this old episode. Welcome to the Humor and Mistakes Podcast with me, McNeil, where each week we have a guest on our show to, to discuss mistakes, mishaps, and missteps that they made along the way. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs as we talk. Uh, we're here this week with James Taylor, who I like to call JT. He was making me laugh during the intro. How are you doing, man? I am doing good. Life is, you know what? I'm in that place where life like feels worse than it actually is. You know? Really? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Uh, by the way, did you catch that? Your mic wasn't open on for like the first two seconds. No, I didn't catch it. You're you're killing it. Oh I man! Didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no, they got you. They 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 got the mo- the the meat of what you said. Cool cool cool. They cool, missed cool. like the first two seconds. So what's going on? Uh, let's see. Uh, should I just jump into it? Uh, well, well uh, I'm asking you, like, how are you doing? You, you you can't just come to me and be like, look, things are going 
good but bad and me not ask her they're not going they're not going bad okay like, you know like my life is good you know people, you're blessed people like me i have stuff to do okay. i have a roof and employment but uh-huh. it just feels like you know i'm not where i need to be and it's just all the anxiety with that oh man that is tough like what do you what do you do when that happens by the way can we can we start by telling the people who you are and what do you do yeah yeah uh james taylor uh in Chapel Hill, uh, not the singer. It comes up a lot. He's big deal around here. I had to look up who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's not popular among young African Americans, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, although people will often like, I went to give blood at the UNC Cancer Hospital, just donating platelets because I'm a good person, right? You are. Yeah, I'm trying. And like, you know, I, they're like, just like digging needles into my veins. Just like, oh, your name is James Taylor. I used to love him. It's like, can you can y'all focus? <laughs> <laughs> not right now. Don't. It's not right now. Let's not talk about that. He's now. nostalgic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, I moved here for grad school. I'm a PhD student in the chemistry department at UNC. Dr. So, Taylor. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so I spend most of my days just, I mean, you know, I watch YouTube videos at my desk like everyone else. Okay. But What's I also, your favorite YouTube video? Oh, I'm a sucker for video essays. Really? Like, what's a, what's a video essay? Just Like a video essay where they'll just, like, have some random topic, uh, like, uh... Oh, now that you put me on the spot, I can't think of any. Like, uh, okay, so there was one, you know, the X-Men, right? Yeah. You know how, like, in the 90s, the nan- 90s animated series, they had all, they had really just, like, it was a great show, and the one thing that they had that they don't have in the new movies are the costumes. Oh, right? the X-Men when, series when, like, was great. Yeah, well, like, they came out with those movies in, like, early 2000s, and they had those stupid black jumpsuits, and they, like, stripped the color from everyone. You know, they had a video essay just like, you know, the colors are just like because the X-Men were about like representing being an individual standing out when the world wants to like shut you away. So the colors were a defining part of those characters. And like, you know, when they came up with these new movies, they were the movies were not bad except for X3. X3 was trash Man, on the record. I got upset when Professor Xavier died. Okay, so, you know, I was watching that movie. I went to the bathroom like when Scott and Gene reunited and I came back and Scott was dead. And I was like, what happened? And they were like, nothing. He just died. <laughs> they just took him out. <laughs> it was the screen faded to black and then that was it. Uh, Wolverine's healing and powers were OP in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, anyways, just like random videos like that. It was like you would never think of like, oh, color is an important part of like the X-Men. But yeah, I dig that stuff. I'm a sucker. Okay, okay. That's a good one. You should check out Comics Explained. That's a that's a good one. I'll check it out. Hey man, it, that dude just breaks down comics. <laughs> it is so nerdy. Oh, I can I can get down with that. But I mean, so other than watching video <laughs> okay. essays, I spend a lot of work like developing cell assays, uh, for to kind of make better implants. We have like implants that we modify and we coat them so that they last longer in the body and try to figure out how that works when you talk implants are you talking about like co- cosmetic surgery like you're no. out here okay uh we're talking about like uh the one we most often work with is like an implantable glucose sensor so that like if you have diabetes instead of pricking your finger you just like implant and then you know it measures your blood sugar without you having to do anything oh man dude but i was about to get you to help me out i got small calves i was about to <laughs> <laughs> uh, i ask that you consult your medical professional <laughs> I have always had chicken legs, man. I was gonna get you to help me out. Nah, just the squats. Uh, doesn't work, dude. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so you're you're doing that, mm-hmm. and you you're not liking it, or it's just oh, grass school sucks. Oh, I know, grass school sucks. It's it's a weird thing because you get to come here and you get to do like you know world class research for like a mere fraction of all the benefits of doing such research. Yeah, uh, you know, especially like you're watching other people like live their lives and be happy and you're stuck in grad school one of the guys i went to high school with nominated for forbes 30 under 30 and i was like what am i doing (laughs) (laughs) watching youtube videos (laughs) oh man uh grad school destroyed my love for computer science like isn't that what you do i do it for a living (laughs) (laughs) now but like my management was like uh when i first started she's like maybe you want to take six months and i just jump right into it now grad school I, I I enjoy it, but I don't have the same love for it. Like, sorry to hear that. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess like the can I jump into mistakes? You can jump in. You can do whatever you. You're in control today. We're interviewing you, man. <laughs> Shucks. Uh. So yeah, I guess the the real mistake I'm grappling with was like, should I have come to grad school? It feels like I don't want to say a mistake, but currently, like my dream was never to be like dr taylor or be like a top like a highly paid chemist just like printing money somewhere i just want to do like science education and communication so i kind of like i i made i got a reason to come to grad school all by a not very good one and i was like you know as long as i'm interested in chemistry i can do this but then my inter- and just my interest in chemistry has just like been nose diving <laughs> so it it feels like i mean it meant that like the why am i here stage so how long do you stay at that point before you change course? I, I'm in the middle of trying to change course right now. I'm in the middle of figuring out, like, should I step away? Should I leave forever and just, like, go on and be happy? But something definitely needs to change, you know? Like, I have – I've been here for four years. I have maybe, like, a year and a half, two years left. But can I make it a year and a half if, like, you know, I'm dreading it now? Yeah. It's like – it's like, are you are you to the point where you, back in the day, you would say, okay, I only have three years left. And now you're like, I don't even know if I want to do, t- even though the time is getting shorter, you're like, Honestly, I don't know. yeah. I mean, like, three. you can do a lot in three years. You yeah. can, like, conquer villages in, like, a fraction of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, you know, like, I'm, I'm not that old, yeah. so... Three, I know, like, you know, when I'm older, three years, I'll feel like, like a couple minutes. But, like, right now, three years is a lot of stuff that can happen to me. So You know you what know. makes it harder? Instagram. Because I'll see people on I'm not vacation. Oh, you're not? No. You're no. on Facebook? I you're am on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. I see people on vacation, man, and I'll be like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> now I have people, I have friends who just, like, travel the world. I've been in North Carolina since I got here in 2014. I've not left the country. I've barely left the state. Where, where are you coming from? I'm from Maryland. Uh, born and raised Prince George's County, Maryland, <laughs> right outside of D.C. What brought you down here? Grad school. Grad school. Yeah. Where'd you go to undergrad? At the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Okay. Uh, of recent uh, <laughs> basketball fame. Okay. UMBC. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, man. They tried to do that old lady dirty. <laughs> they were like, I, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. Uh, they were. Um, you mean the old lady from Loyola? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't us. Oh, that wasn't. No, 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 that wasn't y'all. Never mind, never mind. But y'all did win two games. No, we won one. Well, we beat UVA. Okay. Uh, Sixteen seed beat the first seed. 
Okay. And we did it again actually yesterday. Our lacrosse team they beat the 16th seed, beat the first seed. Oh yeah. Was it 16? Well, anyways, we beat the first seed in lacrosse yesterday. People gonna be scared of y'all, man. Now nah, we did. <laughs> Honestly, you, what we were known for before was our top class, uh, like internationally ranked chess team. Really? Yeah, our basketball team has historically been garbage. <laughs> when I was at when I was at UMBC. Uh, the lead forward, he was washing dishes in the in the cafeteria because UMBC could not pay his scholarship. <laughs> oh man, dude, it's what racks used to, of riches. What used to make me so mad is our our basketball team, our uh-huh. sports sucked too in college. And I will look at my fees and I'm like, why am I paying athletics? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I saw honestly though, I, I saw the, I saw the basketball team out of the park. I was like, you need to go to practice. I paid you five hundred dollars <laughs> last semester. Honestly, like the basketball games, like I don't, I'm not good at basketball, but yeah. I was like, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could make that layup. So, were, did you always like chemistry as a kid? Mm. I always like science. I guess you know my parents are actually my parents are both from Sierra Leone, so they're kind of like stereotypical African parents, and they're like, oh, you should always pursue science because that way you'll get a job. So there was a little bit of that, but actually, do you remember the old cartoon SWAT Cats? I've never... SWAT Cats? SWAT Cats. Yeah, it was on Cartoon Network in, like, the 90s. Uh, they actually, they canceled it because it's too violent, but anyways, it was about uh, two, like, I guess, Air Force pilots, and they, they, they got backstabbed by the captain. They were, like, sentenced to work in a junkyard, and then they, like, built a jet out of trash, and they were, like, vigilantes, and I was, like... You know what? I want to invent great stuff out of garbage. And so, like, early on, I really did want to be an engineer because I saw that stupid show in the <laughs> 90s. I, I never did end up being an engineer, but, like, I kind of I took chemistry in, in high school. Like, I wasn't a good high school student, but I was good at it. And then I got to undergrad, and I was like, oh, you know what? I actually really like this. You and didn't want to be a Power Ranger like everyone else? I know. I was scrawny when I was young. <laughs> Puberty did wonders for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was tiny. You just shot up. I I don't I wouldn't call myself shot up right now, but I kind of like leveled out to an acceptable level. Fair enough. So who who made you who you are today? Was it your parents or? Oh, that's a good question. I think there are a lot of people who made who, me who I was. I had a, a cousin, Foray, who was. He's a good deal older than me. He's he's over 30 now, so at least six years older. But he was always just, like, very cool and collected. And so, like, from an early age, I was like, I want to be like him. You're cool and collected. I, I like, know, yeah. You're very chill. Like, Yeah, like, it's, it's part of it I got from him. Uh, some of it, uh, I actually, I changed a lot from my high school crush, actually. Uh, before then, I was much colder and much quieter and much meaner what <laughs> yeah i mean not like excessively mean but like i i had, I had said a lot of very critical stuff to a lot of people <laughs> who didn't deserve it <laughs> like were you were they like one-liners like you just shut people down or oh yeah more so than now okay okay yeah but i, I adopted like a lot of her personality traits okay high school man so you you adopted it from your high school crush mm-hmm is she cool? Is she is, how is she now? Yeah, she she's cool. Uh, we don't talk much anymore. It, it, it's a long story. Such is life. Such is life, man. 
right now your your big mistake is trying, and I wouldn't call it a mistake. I you're wouldn't just, call it a mistake either. You're at a crossroads with trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um. Is 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 this the first time you've experienced something like this? Kind of, sorta, in a way, like. I came here straight from undergrad, so in like a very real sense, all I've done is be a student professionally. So it's a, it's a very real identity crisis where I'm like, okay, the thing I thought I was gonna be good at, what I've been like preparing my whole life to do, like you know, get this PhD in chemistry, because it's so it feels like it feels like you're on the track. I haven't really like stepped off to like evaluate, you know, is this actually what I want to do? So yeah, in like in a way, it feels like. I have never come across like a professional transition like this before. Okay. You've had other other transitions? Um I mean, let's see, in terms of high school romance. Actually, yeah. That's here's a mistake I made. Holla at me. <laughs> I need I need a sound effect for when people are about to keep it real. <laughs> it just made me realize I need a sound effect. It's just air horn. Just like it's time to keep it real. Yeah. I, what I learned from that experience was, like, you just need to be upfront sometimes. Because we, like, very clearly, we definitely had crushes on each other. So it's, it was mutual. But we never actually said anything for, in fact, even after we left high school. It was... I think my sophomore year of undergrad. So, yeah, a whole six years later. And at that point, it's too late. And so, like, our whole relationship had gone on and, like, you know, feelings kept getting stronger. But no one said anything. And so it feels like a lot of time was wasted and a lot of feelings are confused because we were never upfront. So... And kind of sort of after that, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be I like I like to think I'm a pretty direct person because I think that if you just leave stuff up in the air, it leads to a lot more chaos and confusion. You are, but you're tactful. So I I try. I try. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be an, an ass, but it's much better that you let people know where you stand when you when you can. That's what I was just about to say. I always know where I stand with you. Like, yeah. it's important. <laughs> it's I like <laughs> like. So, yeah, if, so I, I mean, appreciate if, if you that. if you want to know where you stand, just ask. Yeah, like, we're doing cool right now. Yeah, you got yeah. me on your show. You got, yeah. I have bottled water here, so everyone yeah. knows he's a good host. Hey, thank, I appreciate that, man. I try. Uh, this was because of Bri. He <laughs> he said the whole time. Oh, you know what? I'm thirsty. <laughs> Maybe you should have some water. <laughs> a good host would have water. He let he made sure to let me know. As iron sharpens iron, man. Hey, you got to keep it real, man. I appreciate that though. Like, um. You know, just advice and tips like that, how to make the show better. Yeah. Uh, so so you you didn't shoot your shot. I did, definitely did not <laughs> shoot my shots then. Oh, all the memories are coming Silence. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face. They're all, all the memories are rushing in. <laughs> okay, like by the time I shot my shot, she was already dating someone else. Uh, you know, which happens, right? Yeah. Especially six years after the fact. Yeah. Natural. And so, like, for a while, I was like, I'll just keep shooting my shot and hope something happens, which, you know, that was not a very good iteration of James. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, what I mean is that, like, it was over. Oh, <laughs> I was okay, like, okay. I should have just let it go. Take the hint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm a person that doesn't necessarily believe, like, a boyfriend is a stoppage, but 
it it's you can shoot your shot once, and if they're not into it. To me, they have to work out their relationship with their boyfriend. Now, I'm sure. not going to try to steal their girl or anything, but if I think we're meant to be together, really? Hmm? really? No, nah, I don't steal girls <laughs> anymore, man. Because okay. uh, when you when you get your girl stolen, stolen, it hurts. <laughs> oh, you don't make me get emotional on this. <laughs> when you're talking about mistakes, man, you know, hey, we're talking about mistakes. <laughs> don't let me get emotional here. When you see your girl talking to someone else, you're like, oh. <laughs> Karma sucks. It, yeah, it does. Um, it does. Don't don't have me in my feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this is grown I, man radio. Hey, this is grown man radio. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll just like you. You can shoot your shot. So, but with that, for like when you shoot your shot, right? You can't half-ass it. What I did was I was like, okay, I'll just keep like maybe it'll happen. I wasn't really actually committed to doing this. Which, like, if I was serious about it, I should have. And, you know, if I was serious about it, it didn't work. I should have moved on. Yeah. But I wasn't because I was still living in a fantasy. I respect that. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who do that. Just like I had. to. Yeah, get, you live and you learn, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I I think people have to get to the point where they just would rather know what the answer is than be in wonder. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Funny story. The same high school crush. She asked me one day, like, what would you do first if you could never fail? And I spent a long time thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Nothing. Because I think failing is part of what makes life interesting. Right. True. If you could never fail, then there's no uncertainty. And I think that that just makes for a boring life. True. True. I, I was more talking along the lines of like when you. Oh, sorry, when, my bad then. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I agree with you. I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, I was more talking along the lines of like, I'd rather go up to someone and be like, "Look, I, you mean the world to me," mm-hmm. and no, and they're like, "You know what? I I these aren't mutual. Like, <laughs> where are you? The feelings aren't mutual. Where are you getting this from?" And now I know. Then rather sit there like maybe she's she likes me, or even just going for something like yeah. But I mean, now now I know. <laughs> that philosophy has made me take a lot of dumb basketball shots. Cause I, <laughs> I want to know if I can make it from here. <laughs> Honestly, though, you got to. Hey, man. Sometimes I'll be like two feet behind the three-point line. I'm like, hmm, can I make it from here? <laughs> nope. Yeah, I'm a pretty firm believer that, you know, you don't have to learn everything with your mistakes. But once you make a mistake, you know, once you've seen the bottom, you can't go back. <laughs> true, 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 true. So, um... We'll get back to you trying to figure out that you're at a crossroads. Uh-huh. Uh, what advice do you have for people that are at crossroads? Uh, like a professional crossroad or just any crossroad? In any general? crossroads. They're trying to make a decision. Uh, I think that the most important thing you can do is just talk to a lot of people. Really? On it. Yeah. I think that the more opinions you get and you like, obviously some opinions will be dumb, (laughs) right? (laughs) To be honest, some opinions will be dumb. Some opinions will be the same opinion that like six people are going to give you. But the more people you talk to, I think it also sharpens what you actually want to do. Right. Cause like everyone has like inklings of ideas that they want that are maybe sometimes not fully formed. And the more opinions you get, at least I believe that it kind of helps like mold your like Play-Doh of idea into like a beautiful sculpture. So what do you do when you hear an idea and you're like, nope, that was done. that was stupid. Or you just nod your head and it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll think about it. So you don't keep it real then. 
I mean, like, I keep it, re- like, if they ask me, like, was that a good idea? I'll be like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but, like, it, I think it's it's important for me to show that I do appreciate it, even yeah. if it's not, like, particularly helpful at the time. I'm going to give you some advice on chemistry. All right. <laughs> Hit me. Um, chemistry, you can invent all kinds of stuff. Now, mm-hmm. from my limited knowledge about chemistry, I'm coming from a chemistry one-on-one background. Just to state my credentials. If you could invent something that you could drink and get stronger, faster, and taller, you'd be a rich man. Would I want? I don't know if I would want to do that though. <laughs> that's just like if I could. I feel like that changes the social order, right? It does. But think about it. Somebody—that's that's like some apocalyptic stuff right there. <laughs> somebody's, you know about to get attacked by a robber or something they drink their little jt juice there's a name you could take that now (laughs) (laughs) now they beat up the robber who doesn't have any jt juice because if they could afford jt juice they wouldn't be robbing people or better yet someone shows up at your crib in the middle of the night drink some jt juice like (laughs) mcneil (laughs) that was my girl in the seventh grade Oh, man, never mind. I don't want JT to be Okay. Yeah, no. I think, like, one of the things I like, I, I like science. I do. But I think that stuff like that, science isn't, like, a blue pill where it just can fix everything. Some stuff I think you just have to, you know, settle man to man, woman to woman, person okay. to person. Sometimes it's just, it's got to go soft, man. You can't just keep taking blue pills. You can't. You know, that's life. I mean, no, no amount of iPhone like tech, no amount of iPhone upgrade can like you know replace the relationship that you have talking to people face to face, stuff like that. True, true. Yeah. Oh man, that is like that is so true. Like I'm to the point now that I just tell people like even on Tinder, I'm like, look, let's have a conversation. Like I don't want to sit back here and have a talk on through text. <laughs> I, yeah, I would I would much rather you call me. In fact. I will speak for hours on the phone if left uninterrupted because, you know, it's so much better. <laughs> I have this line that I've been using. I'm like, look, I want to quickly find out if I don't like you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Fair, I, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I don't want to waste a lot of time trying to figure it because there's only one person I can I- uh, ultimately end up liking forever. You know, so by theory, that's, I eventually yeah, want to get married. So most of y'all don't fit the cut. So let me figure <laughs> out. Can I? That's cold. But, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, man. I don't like wasting time. I'll be on a date sometimes. I'm like, look, this ain't working out for either one of us, is it? Like, <laughs> hey, that's fair. And then she has the rest of her night. She can go do other stuff. She can watch Netflix. <laughs> she like, can even go have another date. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, <laughs> so when you're at your crosswords, how do you deal with those negative emotions that come up? Like, the... You know, just negative, you should quit, or you don't trust yourself emotions? Uh, for the for the longest time, I just ignored them, like, you know, every good alpha male would do. Hey, that's you just, you like, do. repress them. But, like, no, in fact, that's <laughs> what you're not supposed to do. So, like, I, I've been in this program four years. Every year I have wanted to quit. Every year something different has happened. Uh, yeah, we can talk. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about oh, it. Oh, talk about it. Okay, so first year, uh, I was doing. What were, what were we doing? We were do. We had like some technology that we made for like leukemia diagnostics. Because uh, if you have acute myeloid leukemia, they're trying to like diagnose how the cancer is doing. They have to like drill into your hip and take your bone marrow, and that 
sucks. So we were trying to come up with a test for like blood. So it was, it was a really cool thing, but like the test took like six hours continuously for me to do. It took like the multiple days of prep, and like we we did like a clinical study where we had like seven different patients, and very slowly it all fell on my meager shoulders. Also, oh, you had to do multiple tests of six hours. Yes, <laughs> it, it like. It broke me. I like we were at, we were at like a, a party and like a friend came up to me and she was like, "You look like a shell of your former self," and I was like, "You were right. Something needs to change." Uh, and then after that, that's that advisor that I was working under. He moved to Kansas, so I, I very clearly I did not go with him because Kansas sucks. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening and you're from Kansas, but it's, it's, it's not it's the true. place. <laughs> it is not the place. And I've yet to meet anyone who has. Who could suggest that Lawrence, Kansas is where I need to be right now? Uh, if you call in, I will fight you. <laughs> I've been done with Kansas since I read uh, the, the Dorothy book. What's that book called? Oh, do you know anything else that happened in Kansas, perchance? <laughs> uh, I know uh, John Wall went to school there, I believe. Did he really? No, he went to Kentucky. Yeah. Or was it? No, he didn't. I'm sure he didn't go to Kansas. Somebody went to Kansas. No one went to Kansas. Uh, what else happens in Kansas? Uh, <laughs> tornadoes. Uh, definitely not the. Yeah, I was like, uh, he told us, and I was like, oh, at least we'll have the Chiefs come to find out. They're in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, really, yeah, there's not much to do. Yeah, so, anyways, he left, so I had to trend, like shuffle on into another lab. And, like, what I wished happened was that I just took some time to figure out my life because it, it's, it's a really big thing. That like you know the work that you were working on you know especially something that like drove you to the edge of your being yeah. you might have to just like completely throw away. Do you feel like you have to be somebody else while you're there? Um, kind yes and no. Uh, I feel like my personality doesn't change much. I mean, like everyone, some parts get more ex- you know accentuated wherever you are. But I think I'm not terribly different at work. What is different is that I, you know, because I've never, like, bench chemistry is not my actual passion. It has never been. It does sometimes feel like, you know, this is not who I act. This is not where my actual talents are, you know? Like, if there was a better version of James, he would not be doing this. Yeah. Under, yeah. I can't, (laughs) I can't think of a scenario where that would be the case, where I'm just spending my days, like, like, chemistry is cool, but doing it is less so. It turns out, I had I had my college mentor tell me, uh, my professor. Every time I would talk to him, I was like very very professional and like around grad school, I was very very professional. And then he would of hear course, me, you know, oh, black you excellence. have to be, you have to. But then he would like he heard. I guess he heard me like just in like around <laughs> normal people. McNeil. And he was he he called me into his office and he was like, it seems like you put on a front and I would be careful. He said, because if you start being somebody else eight hours a day, that person becomes you. He's like, so I would rather you come in here and tell jokes and me not like them than you be somebody eight hours, ten hours a day. I don't think that's true. And a lot of people hide their lives very well. Hey, man. Uh, I, pers- I personally am not someone who comp- compartmentalizes their life. Really? No, it's, it's too much work. <laughs> I used to, man. It was tough. Yeah, I so I think it's better, but I don't think like oh you're gonna turn into it. I mean, I I think like on a broad level, if you're unhappy, you'll turn into an unhappy person. But True. I don't think like you know if you wear like if you wear suits to work, I don't think that that is gonna make you like you know a baller in the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So what happened the other years? You mentioned uh, a few years. Uh, yeah, first year, it was the clinical trial I was working on. Second year, it's when he went to, when he told us he was moving to Kansas. I was like, well, you know, this is a pretty clean stopping point. But I got convinced to stay. What uh, What made you not go with your gut? Mm, some of it is that I made the decision very quickly because, like, I didn't know that I could take my time because, like, no one told me. I had to, like, do the whole process on my own of, like, finding a new lab and, you know, getting reacclimated, but whatever. Um, I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, I was asking you, uh, I wanted to know what made you go with, uh, not go with your gut. Like, you said your gut was telling you to maybe take a break. No, I, yeah, I definitely thought about it. I, like, had a bunch of jobs lined up, or not lined up, but, you know, I had a list of jobs that I, you know, stuff I could apply for. But uh, so I just, like, convinced myself that, like, you know what? Having a PhD in chemistry would be a good thing for my career moves, which, like, I'm not going to – it would be foolish for me to sit here and be like, oh, a PhD is definitely not going to hurt you because that's not the case. However, like, you know, I could still do a lot of stuff I want to do without one. So I think that – because I'm at this crossroads now, I think it's just important for me to – come back or step away you know pursue my actual interests while i'm passionate about them because you know worst worst thing that could happen would be i finished a phd i don't care about the stuff that brought me to this program in the first place i'd be a very unhappy man then so i was like you know i'll i think i'll just like leave take a break do what i want to do you know but you know i can come back once i have like a clear purpose for why i want to finish this degree so i got time It sounds like have you? It sounds like you read this book. Have you read the book called uh, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do?" No, because uh, because oh, because uh, w- are you calling me mentally strong? No, no, no yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, because uh, what they do is they take calculated risk, and it sounds like there's this chapter in her book where she's like, she tells people you can start a business and keep your side hustle. It's like you you can start a business and keep your job and you're taking a calculated risk with the business but you're still okay and and for you it sounds like you're like I can come back to this and right now I can go explore yeah. so you're like taking a calculated risk but it's yeah it, it, I, in a ways I never thought of it like that because I I do think like you know worst come the worst I, I I get a new job and I love it and I never come back yeah. but then you know I have a job that I like yeah. so whatever and if you don't like it you can go back and get your PhD. Yeah, you know, like one of the most important pieces of advice I ever got was from a like mentor and undergrad, and he said, you know, James, you can do all the things you want. You can do like a vast majority of the things you've ever wanted to do, but you can't do them all at once. You, you have, you can't do everything at the same time. So like, it's, sometimes you just gotta you step down. If only, <laughs> if only you could, yeah. I never understood what adults were talking about when they said they wish there were more hours in the day until I became an adult. Ah. <laughs> sometimes I wonder, like, do I want more hours in the day or do I just want less to do? <laughs> I don't know sometimes. Oh, man. Okay, so we, we've kind of touched on parts one and parts two of this podcast. Uh, you, do you have any more mistakes you want to hit us with? Uh, I'm sure something will come up. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. Well, we're I'm sure there's. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. Oh, really? Sure some. Have you made like a big mistake? Like, have you ever gotten in trouble? You're you're the type of person I look at. I'm like that man has never even seen what the principal's office looks like. Uh, you would be correct. Uh, no. 
I did, I did like it was kind of like a mini fight that I got into. Uh, what? We'll just say that there was bloodshed. You got into a fight? It, it wasn't really a fight because there was like nothing spurred the fight. You know, there was bloodshed. Did you pull a knife on someone? Did you cut somebody? S- someone was cut. JT, no, 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 we can't. <laughs> I, was, need, I need the button so I can say time to keep it real. <laughs> this was just like fifth grade, if I think fifth grade. You cut someone in fifth grade? <laughs> we were just like playing around as like young children, young men topped up on testosterone do. And okay. he went home and his mom was like, why are you bleeding? And so the next day I got called in the principal's office and she was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. We were, it's not like we had a serious beef. We were just being chill. And so actually, we were at like the computer club no after snitching, school. I like it. We were just at like the computer club after school, and so like obviously that got shut down because like a kid was stabbed, and like this dude had no idea. So I feel I do look back at that, and I feel kind of bad because like he went he went home. He was like, "What a great session!" And they come to find out that a child shed blood, and he had no idea. What did you stab him with? Uh, I believe it was a flathead screwdriver. JT! <laughs> no wonder you had to learn to be calm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm actually a very impatient man. I think my demeanor believe, leads a lot of people to believe that I'm super patient, <laughs> and that is not the case. I'm very understanding, but I'm not patient. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you've come a long way. You know <laughs> <laughs> If someone read the resume and was like, you know, this kid stabbed people when he was in the fifth grade, there's a different trajectory that they would think that you were on. But now you PhD. Okay. You know what? Honestly, though, like because like I was a high achieving student, you know, they were like, okay, well, you know, we're just gonna like sweep this away. But like that could have easily gone the other way, you know. Oh, dude, I used to take advantage of that so much because <laughs> they'd be like, damn, this is the one smart black kid. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were three of us. <laughs> there were only like three of us in the school. And they, I would get in so much trouble being a principal's office, and I was like, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bring the African-American numbers up so much. <laughs> but you know what? I am very glad that people believed in me and they gave me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up on that about the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I didn't abuse it much, but, you know, that is a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to turn the other cheek on this one? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Oh man, I used to use. I wouldn't so even. Much. I wouldn't even brought that up if you didn't say. <laughs> I forgot. Oh all man, about I was I was in the principal's office a lot, just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the principal's office getting awards. You know, okay. that was a one-time thing. <laughs> I got. I did both. I did both. <laughs> <laughs> you got to diversify that portfolio. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until one day my mama looked me in the eyes and was like, "I think I was in seventh grade," and she was like, "If you go get in trouble one more time this year." She said, I'm going to F you up. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like uh, like an adult. I didn't get in trouble the rest of the year that year. Yeah. Okay. You know what? On this note, uh, let's see. Uh, so my dad is in the military, lieutenant commander in the Navy. Yeah. When I was in middle school, he got deployed. Uh, his first time going active duty, he got deployed for Iraqi freedom. And so I don't know what it was, but at that point, I just like stopped doing homework. Just like cold turkey. I stopped doing homework. Is that we had like a math teacher where we had like put homework in the folder. And so like for whatever reason, because I was still good at math, she like didn't count that I was not doing the homework. Like a whole calendar year I did not do math homework. Wow. Yeah. And so 
part yeah i definitely took advantage of the fact that like i used to be a high achieving student to just like wade into mediocrity (laughs) i yeah i was a mediocre student until i got to college just like getting by definitely took advantage oh i know the fact that yeah and so like you know i had a teacher just like call me just like call me up she's like why are you not doing the homework because like you can do it you're smart and it's like i tried to pin it on my dad when i was in middle school i had a what was it my trig teacher she she looked she like hated me because i didn't do the homework and it's i knew it because like you could see it in her eyes like i walked in with my friend and she like smiled and waved at him and she like mean mugged me and i was like you can calm down (laughs) you can relax (laughs) she was like why are you not doing the homework and i was just like i just don't want to (laughs) that's the truth but i got to college and someone um the the former coordinator for my scholarship program uh, unfortunately he passed away while i was an undergrad but r.i.p yeah when i was when i was like looking at colleges he stood in front and we did like a preview day me and my dad went down and he was like if you send your kids here i will teach them how to make your dreams come how to make their dreams come true and that was a really powerful moment for me because like up until that point i was kind of just like okay with just existing you know like I went to a magnet school, so, like, I was never really close with the people in my neighborhood. And, like, when I was at school, like, my personality was very subdued. So, you know, people often didn't, like, pay attention to me. You know, even, like, when I started school, there were two Jameses. So, like, from the jump, I was the other James. There was another person with my same birthday. So, like, for the, uh, the longest time, people only remembered my birthday as Katie Driver's birthday. So, like... Screw Katie Driver. No, she's great. Oh, she's, she's, she's great? Yeah, okay. she's great. We Rewind. <laughs> I so, <thought laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. I had your I back. I had your back. I was going to dislike all her Facebook. I was going to report her Facebook. No, she just got married. Oh. Well, yeah, she's doing real well, I think. Okay. Uh, but, like, me as an individual, I didn't have really much presence. But, like, when he stood in front and he was like, "We can, I'll teach you how to make your dreams come true. That was the first point. I was like, you know what? I can't have dreams. Because before I had, like, dumb dreams, like, oh, I'm going to, like, go and get, like, a high, like, okay pharmacy job and just, like, live an okay life. But, you know, you can, like, want nice things. You can want to be, like, close to people, be a part of their lives, make great things, be great people. So so you felt the change. What were the active steps you took to make the change? When I got to undergrad, I was basically a different person from, I think, like, Senior year of high school was really when it started because people, a lot of people told me I was an underachiever. <laughs> uh, I had a friend tell me, uh, Chris Bonnell, he told me that, you know what, you could be like, you could be like top of the class if you just did the work. And, you know, like, it's one thing hearing it from a teacher, but it's a different thing hearing it from your actual peer. Yeah. So when I got to undergrad, I like, a part of it was because like, I actually like, had an interest in being interested in the work before I just did the work just to like, I guess, kill time and to move forward. But, you know, as I, as like a general, as a chemistry major, I like sat in chemistry thinking about like, okay, how can these con cause like the thing I do like about chemistry is that it's like a central science. It can like reach so many different facets of your life. Like you can use chemistry to explain uh, like quality control, environmental science, Uh, solar energy even quantum mechanics so like the way that these concepts like mix and match was like 
actually like giving the time to understand that and appreciate that i feel and you know not only appreciate and understand it but also be there because like as you know a lot of people don't like general chemistry no yeah so i was like i'm okay i'm good at it so i can actually be there for my friends when they need help uh they, they, uh, not to brag but they used to call me the chem god okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so you would say you, your transition was someone keeping it real with you like a peer keeping it real with you mm -hmm. and telling you the truth yeah um finding something you were interested in mm -hmm. and then and not not only be finding something you're interested in but having someone tell you that like you know actually follow your dreams and actually dream big come up with big dreams and if if anything happens we got your back so i think like having the active support system also makes a huge difference you know Okay. No one, no one can do it on their own. So, what advice would you give yourself for uh, if 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 you would give your younger self? <sighs> what advice would I give my younger self? Just be more trusting, like in other people. Like, let them into your life. You don't have to shoulder everything yourself. The part of my issue was that, like, I would much rather fail an assignment than ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> much rather. I, I like I mean, I still really don't enjoy asking for help now, but it's something you got to do. And like you just have to trust people because it enriches both of your lives and not you trust people, but also trust yourself that you can do the stuff. You can be great things. I can be an OK pharmacist. Sure. But I can do bigger things than that. You know, I can have bigger impacts than just like, you know, I mean, I'm not to diss anyone who has a pharmacy job. That's not my intention. But like. You want more. You want I do. something different. I do. I definitely do. And so, yeah, just like, just believe, believe more okay. in people and in yourself. It's a new thing I've been working on. Hey, man, I like it. I have to do the same thing at work. I have to make myself ask people for help. Yeah, now I'm shameless. <laughs> I guess in some respects. And some, like, for like some chores, I'll just like, okay, I'll do it myself because, you know, why ask people? They'll just let you down. But, I still, like, if I actually need help with an assignment or with, like, a project, yeah, I'll ask. There's no shame in looking stupid. So I want to hit you with the unsolicited advice portion of this. <laughs> uh, your boy loves unsolicited advice. Uh, no one asked us for our advice, but we're going to give it anyway. So what I've done is I've pulled some questions from Quora and various uh, places along the Internet, people mm -hmm. just asking for advice. And because you're an expert at giving advice, you're going to give thank it you, to them. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so how many questions we got until I feel like you're good <laughs> until I, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. Uh, so one question for you, mm -hmm. um, what's the biggest trap that people can fall into in life? Oh, the biggest trap is definitely being comfortable. Really? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that like I've always been worried as, as a grad student is that like grad school is it's okay right as much as like i'm not particularly happy now but like i could totally live here or i could totally like sit there and like pump out mediocre work and leave in two years but like you never want to feel comfortable in grad school because you are capable of so many bigger things than this right and, and like especially for grad school because it is supposed to be training but i think that if you get too comfortable and you stagnate too much that is certainly the biggest trap you have to keep growing as a person. I think that that's what makes life interesting. Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> uh, what are some good productive habits that I, says a person on the internet, uh, can use to grow? 
I ha- <laughs> I have no productive habits. What do you, you do? You're getting a PhD. You did. I think you're underselling yourself. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not How do actually, you get stuff done? I just I just do stuff as they come up. Honestly, like I'm okay. I'm okay with putting in the work, and like if something needs to get done and it's gonna take long hours, I'm okay with doing that as long as I'm interested. But in terms of like productive habits, like being organized, I'm actually not very organized. Uh, I don't even have a planner. I have like one wall calendar in my room, and then the rest I actually just do it by memory. Okay. And it's working out pretty well for me, but it's obviously not something I can endorse. Um, JT has a photographic memory, everyone. It's not photographic, but it does me pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Um, if if I were trying to come up with a productive habit for me and this uh this person who is not soliciting advice, <sighs> no, they are not. I would say uh something I'm really uh, something I wish I was much better at is chunking, uh, where you like do little bits of work at a time. So, like, for example, when I'm cleaning, I like to just, like, set, get a giant block and just clean. And it never, I never end up actually finishing. And what, like, I wish I could do is just, like, do a little bit every day. Because, you know, <laughs> life's a marathon, not a sprint or some, something like that. You know, this is a way to actually have, like, sustained, uh, the, like, sustained ability to do work. Rather than saying like, okay, I'm gonna power through this, and I, when I collapse, I collapse, and I'll get back to it later, you know, just like something a little more, a little more sustainable, something you can do a little more regularly. JT, you're supposed to be giving them advice, not yourself advice. I don't do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't do it. Oh man, my half, my room is half cleaned up right now because I same I, same. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, what are some things in life that do not matter? Huh. Some things in life that do not matter. Uh, I think one. I think one. Hmm, I'm split on this. I think a lot of people believe that it doesn't matter what people think about you. Uh, it, it definitely it does to a certain extent, right? Uh, there was some some comedian had the joke that like the first people who didn't who thought that you know it doesn't matter what people think of you they were burned as witches <laughs> and i mean like <laughs> it is definitely true that it matters how you present yourself to the world that being said it is not the end all be all right what matters is how you treat people especially the people close to you like i don't particularly care if someone thinks that what i'm saying is not appropriate if it needs to be said or if I think it needs to be said, I will say it. If I make a mistake, then so be it. So I mean, you can't – it matters what people think about you, but you can't let that be, like, an active deterrent to you doing stuff. Um, other things that don't matter, sports. Sports rivalries, they don't matter. What? Nope. JT. Nope. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. It doesn't uh, – <laughs> I think that, like – part of it is because, like, you know, uh, where I went, I grew up in Redskins country, and they are both uh, offensive and <laughs> bad. <True. laughs> so, uh, like, I'm not very attached to sports. Yeah. Also, UMBC was not good until like I left. Uh, but I think that like align yourself with like very because a lot of people get really into their sports. Align yourself with people who don't actually care about your well being. Mm-hmm. I think is not a good use of your energy. It's an unpopular opinion, but 
Uh, you know, it, that's my unsolicited <laughs> advice. I, I agree with you to a point. I, <laughs> no, no, hold on. Hold on. I agree I'm not getting rid of my jerseys. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have any jerseys. That, that's my thing. Okay. I, I don't like the money in sports, right? Mm-hmm. So I think because sports have consistently got more and more expensive because fans are always willing to pay the price. Yeah. And now you have people making, I think Kobe was making like 600 a thousand dollars a minute or something one year or an a, a game yeah and it's like at what point do you fans say look y'all not gonna charge me fifty dollars for a game we're not sit out a year and make the fa- make the tickets 10 bucks again right? never like but they'll never do it and that's why i don't really go to games because i'm like i'm not gonna pay 70 dollars for a jersey make them fi- make them 10 bucks again <laughs> that ship has sailed, oh. man. You need to get your shirts. You need to get your jerseys from Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need to do. Because people will always pay for them, man, and that's what gets me. It's why I don't like going to concerts. Yeah, I think like that's why. Um, it's because sports have just like made everything so extreme, yeah. right? You have to do this because you have to pay these seventy dollars to like be in this tribe, yeah. and like really like. If anything happens, if anything happens to you, the Lakers don't have your back. They that's don't. for sure. <laughs> they they don't even know your name. They don't. And I, I just, people don't know economics. If you want a price to go down, you don't pay it, and then eventually the person selling it has to drop the price. I, I mean, uh, to the counterpoint to that is that they won't drop their price. The Lakers will never drop I, their prices. <laughs> if, if for two years, if for two years nobody did anything, like when Donald Sterling, I'm off on a tangent now. When Donald <laughs> Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought him back when he said that, the, old, that old school racism. When they when he said the n word, and at first they did not do anything, and then Clippers Clippers seat stopped getting filled. Mm-hmm. They fired him with the quickness. If if Clippers fans would have kept going, he would not have gotten fired. So that's how that's what showed you that money does something. If you hit them rich people in their pockets. All the owners met. was like, Donald Stern, you got to go. We lose money because of you now, dog. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't care about the N-word. We care about the money. Yeah, sure, sure enough. <laughs> like, sure enough. Hey, man. So they'll do something. That was a little rant. Um, nah, dude, let it out. Yeah. It's your show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so let's spend the rest of the time talking about racism. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does exist. But I, I got to. <laughs> so much so. <laughs> JT and I had a little, uh, every now and then black people uh, bond over how racism racism still exists mm-hmm. and the race stuff that still happens to us. So we had our black racist bonding moment before mm-hmm. this show. Yeah. Uh, are we, are we going to talk more about this or you have uh, another do, question? Do, oh, uh, I have more questions, but we can, do you have a racist thing that you can? Uh, okay. Here's one. Uh, a, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, it's like. It says it's in Baltimore, but it's not actually, right? It's in Baltimore County, uh, which is not Baltimore City. Uh, it's actually located next to a town called Arbutus, and Arbutus is what I, I refer to as where uh, I call it like Florida for like the underclass, where it's just full of old white people. Like to get to give you like an impression, like Mitt Romney came and he gave a rally in Arbutus, which like, it, <laughs> like not like not that there's anything wrong with Mitt Romney, but like in Maryland, it's not expected for Mitt Romney to give speeches anywhere. It's a very liberal state. So I had a friend invite, and, you know, this was a friend, like, you know, I was crushing on, and we were there for the summer. She invited me to the Arbutus uh, 4th of July parade, which was less of a parade and more people walking in the street. And, like, 
I'm sure you understand like the feeling when you walk in and you're like, this is far too many white people. <laughs> I feel a little unprotected. If something happens to me, all of them are going to have a cover story. I was <laughs> no one. They're all going to have each other's back. Uh, so yeah, at the parade ended and you know, like I, I'm holding her hand and we're walking back to her place and like two people just like, you know, just from like over the overpass, they like take the time out of their day to make a racist comment. Just like, oh, we are like 52 years too early for that. I was just like, <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah, no, this, it happened. <laughs> this is just how the story goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, my mistake is if you were considering going to the Arbutus Fourth of July parade, refrain from doing so. I always have a, I always have a response for like racist white people. I'm always like, that's why your kid is going to get replaced by a black kid who never practices, and your kid practices all the time on a sports team. That's cold. <laughs> I bet if, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Oh man, hey, we got it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, before we before this tangent gets out of hand, <laughs> yeah. continue. Oh yeah. Um, you've given a lot of unsolicited advice. I love unsolicited. Don't you not? Do you not love unsolicited advice? Oh, do to I. give advice without the actual responsibility <laughs> of overseeing how it happens, how, it, <laughs> how everything turns out. It's beautiful. oh man, I've given bad advice and seen it turn out bad. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you graduated. <laughs> 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 I should not have been given undergrads advice sometimes. Honestly, hey man, they put me in a position. I gave some good advice, but some I used to. I used to work with undergraduates when I was a. Same uh, man. Yeah man. You just got to do your best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so but I want you to give your motivational speech. Like I want you to think about like if you're talking to a room of a room full of middle schoolers, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to give them a motivational life speech. What would it be? And I'm gonna start the music. And oh, do, do, can I get a second? <laughs> oh no, you Dang. you get a second because I gotta set up the music. Okay. And then when you feel, when the music starts, you start James Taylor's motivational speech. Is there a title for it? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Are yeah, you ready? Whenever you're ready. Yeah, we'll just we'll see what happens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I know that you guys are young, you're middle schoolers, you're confused, the world is changing around you, and you're trying to figure out, how can I make a difference? How can I stand out in this big, vast world? And I want to tell you that, I mean, it sounds cliche, but everything you really need is already with you. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those, like, jaded adults trying to just give you some BS motivational speech but I really think at least it all starts with you you guys are so blessed because you have so many resources in this giant sprawling world and what you need is to just believe in yourselves and believe in your tribe and surround yourself with strong and passionate and motivated people and you can make a difference in this world. Like me, I'm on my way out. I am washed up, but you know, you guys are the future. You, I, what I want for all of you guys is to be better than me. I'm not that good. And I think you guys can clear my bar and be on your way to greatness. 
and this the this motivational speech is titled uh mm, being better than james taylor <laughs> <laughs> you hit right at the ending i thought i was gonna have to Right now, I'm I'm working on the instrument a little bit. It's not long enough. Oh, you don't have it. You don't have your trap looped, do you? I didn't have. To, I don't have it looped yet, so I was mm-hmm. gonna have to do something. But then you stop right at the end. I got you. Hey, JT, man, better than you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think I'm that good. <laughs> JT, I just I do my best. I would encourage everyone to be a better person than me. <laughs> I just like I just try to be there for my friends. That is the only that is like my only goal in life. Everything else is auxiliary to that point. JT, so I think if you can do that and then do other stuff, you you pass me. JT, you're you're a good guy, man. You're you're good. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're funny. You're smart. You keep it real, which is hard. It takes practice. Yeah. And let no one listen to this podcast and think it doesn't take practice. <laughs> it takes so long to like learn how to be like, okay, this is what needs to happen. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to let it go. If anyone hates me afterwards, whatever. <laughs> you know how annoying it is when I like ask for feedback and I can tell that they're beating around the bush. Yeah. And I'm just like, just, I'm an adult. Say it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, I'm not going to disturb the peace if you don't ask me. But if you ask me, if your thing was bad, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, like. <laughs> and, and, and I may even have notes for you because I'm just that magnanimous. I can't. You know I'm going to get notes for you uh, from you after this podcast, right? Just, like, what you think. Oh, yeah, Keep for it real. sure. Keep it for real. sure. Um, do you have anything you want to uh, pitch to the people? Uh, do I have any in, term- in terms of, oh, things I'm doing? Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of ideas for, like science outreach and science communication that I may I uh, like how science affects culture and how culture affects science I want to start writing some pieces up so maybe there will be a blog or some like journal articles or not journal articles but like opinion pieces or maybe unsolicited Facebook notes coming <laughs> sometime uh, I, let's see I also I am a local improviser a yes you are yeah i i used to do stand up i don't i do dream of going back so maybe we'll see the community needs you no one needs me <laughs> well it wants you <laughs> parts you. of it wants you I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that uh i improvise uh regularly with two improv teams flagger dudes and impersonally victimized uh, we perform all over the triangle so if you see us on the lineup, please stop by. You can even say hi to me after the show. We may even hug. Who knows? He's I'm friendly. That. Are y'all going to DCM? Uh, Flagger Dude has been accepted to DCM, yes. Okay. Okay. I'll see you up there, man. Are, is HS2 going to DCM? HS2 is not. Uh, for, for, oh, uh, oh, for Thunder Muffin. For uh, the listeners who don't know, the DCM is the Del Close Marathon, and it is a gigantic improv party uh, what is it 72 straight hours or something like that it is yeah i heard it's a long time i've never been me neither i like i i'm i'm definitely afraid of like getting the show stuff or like you're gonna perform at four in the morning <laughs> this is gonna piss me off oh yeah i hope i get a good slot a good slot <laughs> anything else you want to tell the people uh is there anything else or is this it uh, we, I, we can talk more about racism <laughs> <if you want. laughs> we can definitely talk about racism uh we're, we're coming up on the end though so we can, um, but I, I wanted to thank you for being on here. Oh, McNeil, it was my pleasure. 
Like, uh, cause I, I felt like you would have a good story, cause I knew you were kind of at a crossroads. You were trying to figure things out. Yeah. So yeah. I, I hope the story was a good one. Yeah, and I hope people that are at similar crossroads or uh, you know struggling with the decision can learn from you. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, it's a process. Uh, maybe you know something I do think about. Oh, closing remarks. Something I do think about is like I could easily leave this grad program and be like, okay, this was a gigantic mistake, but that's okay, right? <laughs> you got to make mistakes while you have the opportunity. It's your life. And honestly, if you don't make the mistakes, how are you going to grow? Exactly. And with that, how if you don't make the mistakes, how are you going to grow? And that's what we're going to leave you with. We will be back on next week on 103.5 FM. We're on every week. This was Humor and Mistakes. Featuring JT, James Taylor, uh, and he is not washed up, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm looking at him. I I stink right now. I took a shower. I, I, no, I uh, went to the gym and didn't take a shower. I'm probably going to have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> the people need to know. Hey, man, I'm committed. Yeah. Thanks, James. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. Take it easy. <laughs>